The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome on in. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson here on a Thursday. We're halfway through the month of April. It sounds I don't know if it's about you, but it feels like things are moving along finally at a somewhat more normal pace. Uh, March just seemed to, to drag on forever. But I turned around today and looked at the, the calendar, and my gosh, we're already halfway through the month. Uh, so... Uh, hopefully that's a, a sign of better things to come. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, uh, it, we are halfway through the month, and several different things to discuss. There are more, um, I guess, mixed signals about where we're at with all of this. Uh, there's some discussion about starting to maybe start opening up certain parts of the country and slowly starting to get things back to normal. Uh, there's more testing that's going on, so there's more of an idea about what this virus is, how it acts, how it it uh, gets transmitted to other people, uh, and there, there more testing kits are available, and they're encouraging more and more people to come get tested so we can get more information and more details. So these are all good things as we get more details and more information, and the rates of people getting this seems to be... Uh, flattening out and maybe even a little bit on the decline. So those are all positive things that we're hearing, but we still hear of other people getting this, especially uh, professional athletes. Uh, Von Miller is the latest to be uh, confirmed tested positive for coronavirus. So um, it's hit a couple people in the a number of people in the NBA. It's hit some people in uh, in organizations for Major League Baseball. It's now hitting people in the NFL. So. Um, it, it's it's still there. It's definitely still a thing. It's not gone away. So we need to continue to practice social distancing, good hygiene, wash your hands, cover your your, your mouth when you're out in public. And you know what, Ajay, I've seen a lot of comments from people saying this is getting out of hand. Uh, these restrictions they're impeding our freedoms, and um, you know the government doesn't have a right to do this. Look at the numbers. We don't have hospitals just crowded with people. Where are all the bodies? Well, first of all, go to New York and you'll see the bodies. But number two, we're not seeing the mass flood and pressure on our hospital systems because we're doing the right things. Um, that doesn't mean it's a hoax. It means that we're doing the right things. So let's continue to do the right things. Um, let's and uh, let's continue to sh- to shop local and support our local businesses the best that we can, and uh, we'll continue to get through this, uh, and we'll continue to flatten the curve, which we have been doing. Um, and uh, we don't want to rush back into things because uh, too early, because there could be a second wave that could be even more catastrophic. So, um, want to make sure we're out of the woods, uh, but uh, it, it, there are some good signs that are out there. Encouraging signs, but it doesn't mean it's over yet. So don't go and be stupid. Yeah, uh, to those who are complaining that their freedom's been taken away, uh, go talk to loved ones who have just lost family members, friends to the coronavirus. Please go tell them how you lost their, your freedom. Please go to them and tell, complain about how you 
can't go outside and take your child to the park. No, please go to the uh, go to them and say, hey, I can't go out to my favorite dining spot because it's closed. Please, because uh, they'd love to hear how your problem of not being able to go to the park defeats their problem of trying to make sure they can cover the funeral costs for their grandmother, mother, father, brother, sister, and uncle, or friend. And by the way, the coronavirus has covered each and every single one of those facets of family members. It's taken away a mom. It's taken away a dad. It's taken away a child. It's taken away anybody close to somebody. And yet we have this complaint of, oh, well, we, we're overreacting. Please go tell them that and let me know what the response is in return. Yeah, I saw something from former Utah Governor Mike Levitt, who was uh, he held a, a federal, pretty important national position several years back, and things like this kind of fell under his wing about what he should, what his department would be involved with, and uh, he made a comment that if you if you act too soon or if you act aggressive to get ahead of these things, then you'll be accused of overreacting. But if you don't act soon enough, then you are accused of uh, being blind to what was going on. So it's kind of like you're in a lose-lose situation when these things happen. And so it's always better to err on the side of go early, uh, make your decisions, make your policies quickly and early. Uh, it's better to save lives than to be accused of being ignorant of the fact and uh, having lives lost. So. Anyway, I'll get down off my soapbox, but uh, just want to encourage you. Look, there are some positive signs out there. Okay, so there is a there are some good things that are happening, um, which is encouraging to me to see. Like, okay, there is a way back to normal, but it's still a little ways away. Uh, but let's keep doing what we're doing. It's working. So that's that's our COVID message for today. At least my message. Um, but the really uh, spawned by the news today that Von Miller with the Denver Broncos has tested positive. Yeah, how about that? Um, and <laughs> I don't think he's the only NFL player. I think there's a ton of them. Now, Von Miller is a popular one because he's the former Super Bowl MVP beating the Panthers, and you know he's the star linebacker on the Denver Broncos. But uh, I think there's a lot of players who have it. And again, it's it's a good thing we don't have a football season right now, or else things would go haywire. And it's probably a good thing we don't have a basketball season right now because things would go haywire. And the best thing is to, as unfortunate as it might sound, is to wait it out a, a while for as long as we need to. Um, and well, and the other thing too, AJ, is the before as this thing was early on, if you only if you had advanced symptoms, would they test you? Otherwise, they just said, uh, stay at home. Uh, things have dramatically changed since this began, at least locally. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more tests available. There are more facilities testing. Uh, I just learned of an additional one here in, in Cache Valley. Uh, so there's the uh, North Instacare in Hyde Park, which is testing, but also Sterling Urgent Care in Logan is testing. And there's the Bear River Clinic in Tremonton, which is doing testing. So there are more places now than there used to be to do tests. They have more test kits available, and they want you to come in and, and to get tested if you exhibit any one of like six different types of symptoms. It used to be you needed to have a, a couple of them that checked off the list before you came in. Now they're like, look, if you have a sore throat, come in. 
you have a fever, come in. If you have body aches, come in. Uh, so there's like, you have a dry cough, uh, difficulty breathing, loss of taste or smell, uh, come in. So they're trying to get a better idea of where it's spreading and how it's affecting people. And they have more test kits available, so um, it, uh, which is great. You know, the state of Utah has been awesome with trying to get out ahead of this and be more proactive than other states. So uh, take advantage of it. Well, why are we making a big deal about Steph Curry making his own little basketball court to play basketball on? The guy's a millionaire. Everyone's like, I mean, even the Wall Street Journal, Steph Curry had to build a hoop to keep playing basketball. He makes how much money? And he had to build a hoop? Oh, I'm sorry, Steph Curry, that you had to spend $10,000 of your $22 million to go build a basketball hoop. Oh, he had to put it together himself. Is that I, what it was? I guess. I think that's what it was. Okay, but... He had to put the nuts and bolts together, okay, and he had to your, turn the screws. But that's his and, fault. Hey, dude, uh, yeah, builder hooper dude, will you please come over and build this hoop for me because I don't know what quite what to do. He doesn't uh, have his that's crew. Gonna, that's gonna cost come you help six, him out. That's going to cost you 6000 Great. Do you want it in 20s, 50s, 100s, or what? I mean, it's it's not like it's gonna break his bank here. Let's let's calm down, world. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with him. I swear. <laughs> uh, uh, interesting takes on the uh, Gottlieb earlier today. Ah, yes. I don't know if you heard that. Yes, he had said some things that were kind of critical of Kevin Durant before, but not a big deal. But uh, when he said some things that were critical of Steph Curry, and all of a sudden everybody's like jumping all over him, and. Uh, it just it, it illustrates this uh, this obscene love affair people have with Steph Curry that he can do no wrong, and it's just it's not it's not true. By the way, CBS Sports Radio uh, have put out, and I don't know if you heard this today, but uh, CBS Sports Radio Zach Gelb had Gary Anderson on his show today to talk a little bit about Jordan Love. Oh no, I didn't hear this. And uh, just kind of what Jordan loves, you know, just what makes Jordan Love special. Why is he, you know, and, and Gary talks about his demeanor, you know, like as we've talked about that it never changes, uh, that he makes his teammates better, um, that the teammates around him, no matter who it was, always trusted him. Uh, and uh, and he was kind of the, if he wasn't vocal, he was definitely, everybody knew he was the leader and the captain of the team. It's it's really great stuff. Uh, you can, USU Football retweeted it, as did I. You can find me on AJ Salvi. Um but it's it's actually really really fun. Uh, if you have a chance to sit down and listen to the full conversation after our show, I would I would definitely suggest doing so. It's a it's a great job by Zach and a really good job by Gary in describing Jordan Love and what makes him so good. There's a little teaser in there too, but uh, yeah, I love this sucker. There's a teaser in there for what? Well, it's just a teaser of you know the two twenty that you know two minutes and twenty seconds of Gary talk. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Uh. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm late. I was doing things that concerned our show, so I apologize. Like picking out which kind of dum dum you wanted to okay. work on today. No, actually, that was part of my bathroom break. <laughs> Went to the bathroom, washed my hands, and then I was like, "I need a dum dum. I need something to spice my life up here." And I decided to get a dum dum. Okay, well, great okay talk. then, great talk. All right, that was hey, great. We, we do have we. Uh, I know it, nobody cares. We're gonna. Do it, but uh, roll call. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Check in with us. How you doing? Where are you hanging on? 
435 By the way, Eric and I talked about this the last couple of days, but we're doing a segment every Friday where we want you to choose a basketball, men's basketball, or Utah State football game from any game since 2000. Again, any game since 2000 for Utah State men's basketball or Utah State football, and we want to break it down. So every Friday, we'll, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. We haven't named our segment, but we're going to break it down for you. Uh, tomorrow we're doing the Fresno State game. Uh, I think it was in 2008 when they beat Utah State at Maverick Stadium on a 57-yard field goal, and uh, we'll we'll look at the you know the kind of the bad breaks and bounces of that loss. But we'll and, and that's the other thing is we'll do wins and losses. So all you need to do is text into 435-339-0321 uh, to get uh, to have a game break uh, a breakdown. Of uh, of a game that you want, whether it's football or men's basketball, we'll we'll kill it. We'll do a great for, job for you. Kind of reminisce, uh, reminisce your memory a little bit. Nine three one five was wondering if you could do the breakout game for Bobby Wagner. And which game was that? There was a think. few. He had a couple games where he had some monster games. I'm trying to think, what was the breakout game for Bobby Wagner? You're gonna have to refresh my memory on that one. Mine too. I I have to look up his numbers. Yeah, I don't know which one we're talking about here. But I know he was really good. So Yeah. Uh, those would be great. Those are good suggestions. I'm guessing it's out of 2011 because that's when he was the WAC Defensive Player of the Year. That's a start. <laughs> we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, just a little bit fun. Every Friday, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have a film breakdown from Eric and Ajay's point of view. Uh, 435-339-0321 to text in. Let us know what game you want us to look at, and uh, we'll we'll pick one, and we'll break it down. So tomorrow, it'll be Fresno State, Utah State from 2008. Hey, Ajay, some uh, NCAA men's basketball news. Ooh, love it. Uh, one, just a, kind of a, a something fresh and new. Today, uh, there's talk about this Jalen Green. He's going to jump from high school to the NBA G League. He's going to bypass the NCAA. And there's talk that uh, that, that Jalen Green uh, could make close to a million dollars for the for the year. Uh, there's been some speculation that's probably more like five hundred thousand. Um, but we've discussed this before. Is those players? Um, that don't want to go the NCAA route, that just want to go from high school to the NBA, to the pros, they don't really have a really great option right now. If they don't want to bother with school, they just want to go get paid for playing basketball, and that's just what they want to focus on as their full-time job. Um, There's not a great route to do that right now because the NBA says you have to be at least a year removed from high school before we'll consider drafting you. Um. But the the G League could be a potential destination for some of these guys to get some development, um, get uh, noticed by NBA players to play against better competition than than they have in high school, and to go straight to an opportunity. If they're not going to get paid when they're in college, say what you will about scholarships and room and board, but if they're not going to get paid in college, then the uh, the G League is. Is a is a potential destination. Uh, we talked about this before, Ajay, but I wonder if the reality of this has now drastically changed because of 
the world we live in right now or in the last six weeks and how it's going to change things in the, the NBA. That, and that's a really good point. You also have to look at, for example, with Jalen Green, if you're a top draft pick, so that means within the top 20 caliber, and you have a chance to skip school, skip class, don't have to worry about the whole grade situation, and go make $500,000 in a season to go play in the G League. because it, and, and then, by the way, it is a pathway program, which means you could get drafted. I take it in a heartbeat, to be quite honest with you. But I really wonder if he can really make that kind of money. Now, granted, he could be, uh, he may not earn that much from his quote unquote salary or his contract in a G, with a G League team, but he may have opportunities for some endorsement opportunities and things like that that he wouldn't be able to do in, in college. But he's going to be flying commercial. He's not going to be flying charter planes. He's going to be on buses. He's going to be playing in small gyms. But um, he will have some NBA scouts looking at him uh, and NBA teams working with him. Um, but I, I think that it, if it really depends on how much money the NBA can, can send to the G League for these types of things. If they can really have decent salaries, semi-decent salaries for these, for these guys to play in the G League, then I think you're going to see more more players. Yeah, he won't bypass college. Yeah. yeah, he won't be. He goes straight there. Now the league, of course, it initially starts and opens up at 125,000, as much to 500,000. Jalen Green was one of the top players in the country in high school. So he was, and by the way, he's been recruited by universities such as Texas Tech, North Carolina, Duke, uh, Maryland went after him, Auburn went after him. Uh, you think of top schools, and they wanted Jalen Green. The fact that he is skipping it and going to the G League, you're right. First, opens up the door for other guys who are in that top 20 caliber, if they are in that top 20 caliber, to be able to skip college, go to the pathway program, and see if that works out for him. But two, get more money. I mean, they say 125000 to start with. I honestly think I, I think Jalen Green is over 125000 worth. I think he's 250, 300,000. But at the same time, and I think I go back to Tony Jones' conversation that we had with him, when we asked him about Sam Merrill, he's like, look, scouts love him offensively. It's the defensive side that we're a little worried about. What are you talking about? Sam Merrill should be on the all defensive team. He got robbed three years in a row. Yeah, but Malachi Flynn is different from Steph Curry. <laughs> Malachi Flynn's a little bit different from Kyrie Irving, and, and it will show. So that's the other part is, look, the NBA G League may not have Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, but it's still, and by the way, I went and did Salt Lake City Star Games on the radio, and I saw plenty of good talent, plenty of good talent, including one by the name of David Stockton, who was actually pretty darn good that night when he came to uh, to Salt Lake City Community College Arena and put on a show in a double-double performance. Looked really good. And he wasn't even good enough to be on an NBA roster. Right, to, to barely sniff to the court. barely, yeah. And just a handful of times. Minimal minutes. Yes. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I mean, it was like last resort, Quinn's looking down the bench, who have I not put in? You know what, Waterboy, you're going in before David Stockton. Okay, now, David, you can go in. Think about something like that, and Jalen Green's going to try and get on the court. The G League is full of great athletes, great point guards, great shooting guards. So Jalen Green's going to be in for a rude awakening. And he's probably going to struggle for a little bit. I'm going to be just flat out honest. Maybe. 
Yeah. I, I, the the leap between college, excuse me, from high school to college is pretty significant. The leap from college and the to the NBA, from college is, to the NBA just, is it, just even a wider. Game. Yeah, it's a Grand Canyon cliff jump, right? I mean, it's it, you're just staring at miles and miles and miles of just space between you and the NBA revered talent. And Jalen Green is nowhere near Sam Merrill's level. Nowhere even near it, not even sniffing it. And Sam Merrill is an iffy. That should tell you where Jalen Green stands. All right, some more uh, NCAA men's basketball news, this time specifically related to Utah State. We'll get into that coming up next right here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us here on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you, 435-339-0321. You've got a game that you want us to recap from uh, 2000 forward. Um, we had a, a question about the Bobby Wagner breakout game. Um, New Mexico State game in 2010 is what they're thinking. New Mexico State. In 2010. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take a look. Why not? Yeah, we'll take a look at it. Uh, yeah, if you want to, uh, and we'll do football or men's basketball, and we'll break it down. Really, really good for you. Uh, plays, you know, key plays, key things going on. How they got to where they got to, what happened after the, yeah, the whole entire shebang. Uh, news uh, was being reported on Twitter uh, from a, a public records request, apparently. It looks like Utah State is going to be playing Mississippi State at a neutral site game in Panama City, Florida on December 21st. It's according to the D1 docket. But Utah State, Mississippi State playing each other uh, next year as part of the non-conference schedule, and Ajay, that's a good, that's a good game. Mississippi yeah. State. I'm um, just looking at what the net rankings were for this past season. Uh, they are ranked 50th. They were 20 and 11 overall. Um, pretty good team at home. 14 and two at home. Uh, they're in the SEC, and uh, Utah State was a uh, uh, finished the regular season at a 40 in the net rankings, so pretty close to each other in the rankings. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. I like that game. I don't like it in Florida. It's a little odd. Not a fan of it, but I like it. I think that's the only way, it's the world we live in with college basketball, I think that's the only way Utah State's going to be able to get these types of teams on their schedule. Yes, They're not going to come to Logan. Uh, we have one team that's coming to Logan that I think everyone's going to really, really love that should be sold out. Dixie State. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Good one. Uh, no, I was actually talking about uh, Christian High School. No, uh, we uh, a Power Five school coming to play here at Utah State. It's a big one too. You'll recognize them. Uh, I'm not going to announce it because I'm not allowed to. But uh, 
when the schedule comes out, you'll you'll dance in joy. I promise. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, they, they, I mean, they they have some great games on their schedule. I don't know what I'm allowed to announce or not announce. I don't want to announce anything I'm not supposed to. But looking at their schedule, it's juicy. There's neutral court games that are nice. There's away games that are nice. There's home games that are nice, including BYU at home, which I love. Get a chance to smack Mark Pope around here at uh, here here at the Spectrum. Just beat BYU for once. Anything. Uh, so yeah, there's some good things. I like it. The schedule will continue to upgrade itself, if you will. I can promise you that. So it's encouraging that Utah State continues to try to schedule aggressive to help its net rankings. It's important what happens in November and December, uh, how that affects your opportunities in March. Um, so kudos to that Utah State coaching staff for continuing to work at it and try to make things happen to provide opportunities, even if Utah State has to travel to do it uh, and play some of these games on in neutral sites. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, these... Couple other things that were, I don't quite understand this. People were getting excited about a couple of uh, USU basketball players, but that uh, became official. But you, you, Utah State made the announcements for these guys back in November. But just as a reminder, a couple of guys that uh, now officially part of the Utah State men's basketball team. One of them is Nigel John, big one. That's a big one. Six foot nine, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, saw some video of him, and uh, looks like he moves well in the post. Granted, some of the video I saw looked like he was playing against much lesser competition, so he looked really, really good. But, um, but anyway, he, he, he nice big body. Looks like he's got good hands, uh, good feet, um, and uh, he interesting. He was a, a homeschooled kid. Really? He averaged a double-double with the Texas Allegiance Homeschool. Turning in 16.8 points, 10.8 rebounds per game, and uh, averaged three blocks per game. But, yeah, interesting. Okay. And then the other one is uh, Raleigh Worcester, 6'3 guard from Missoula, Montana. Oh, yeah, Worcester, yeah. Uh, so, Coach is really high on Raleigh. Competitive as all get out. Uh, in fact, when I was... Uh, oh, never mind. But no, Raleigh's a really, really competitive basketball player. Extremely competitive. Uh, and and, uh, and is a winner as well. Uh, Coach, Coach Smith, when I talked to Coach Peterson about him, uh, they're very high on this kid. They love what he can bring to the table. So, Raleigh's going to be... Uh, Raleigh and Nigel are going to be very, very significant additions to this team. I would be surprised, and this is just me, if either of them redshirt. I'd be surprised. That's all I'm saying. You'd be surprised if they do redshirt? Yeah. Because you think these are guys that will come in and can contribute right away? Immediately, which means it's going to push back some other guys. Well, Utah State needs guard play. I don't know, do we? Sam Merrill's graduated, Abel Porter left. Okay, so Eric Bischoff. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Liam McChesney, Marco Anthony, uh, Brock Miller. So Brock uh, Miller's the only one that's been in an Aggie uniform that's played on the court this last year. But I mean, that's a problem. But you're not going to sit. You're not going to sit Liam. You're not going to sit. Barstow's another one. Barstow's another one who's going to be coming off an injury. 
Uh, but he's gonna have plenty of time to recover. We're pretty deep, aren't we? I mean, if you mix and mingle that, you're looking at either. A and you think Raleigh Worcester is gonna come in and contribute with that crew as well? I do. I do. Uh, by the way, is, is Nigel John a forward? Is that what they list him as? Do you know? Uh, they just say post. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, he's a big man. Yeah. Yeah, he'll play. Dude, him and Demetrius on the court is going to be something serious to deal with. I think Nigel will come in and contribute with some minutes. I don't know how many. He might be getting like the Sean Barristow thing, right? Minimal minutes, but he's still going to play important minutes, if you will, when needed. Because Brock Miller will start, whether you like it or not. I, I think he starts. Marco Anthony will probably start. Sean Barristow will probably start. That leaves Eric Bischoff. Alfonso Anderson. Oh, yeah. Well, Does he start? Justin yeah. Bean? Bean's going to start. Bean's going to start. Alfonso? Alfonso will probably have to come off the bench then. He'll be your sixth man. Yeah. Alfonso will probably come off the bench, which is kind of what he was really good at doing, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then Namiash will start as well if, if he comes back. Um. Yeah, that's 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 a heck of a tandem to me. I still think they're going to be decent. I I know they're going to have to. I mean, it's going to take five guys to replace what Sam did. <laughs> I think it's possible they can do it. Um, for a uh, Raleigh Worcester, Worcester Worcester. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know. I don't. It's like Namiish Keta. Is it Namiish or Namiish? Is it Nimi or Keta or Keta? Uh, he was the 2018-2019 Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Montana. Uh, but I don't know if he got that same honor this past season because this this release came out in mid-November. So this was uh, these both of these came out in uh, these uh, announcements from Utah State came out in November. Yeah, these are both new. of these guys. Yeah, but it's good. We'll take them. We'll take him. I, you know, it's it's interesting. Just again, we're kind of we're kind of on just tippy toes, waiting, looking over the wall to see what Namish Ket is going to do. If he goes, it kind of changes what the what what the front court looks like. If he stays, it mm, I wouldn't say makes things different, but it's just going to be different. Uh, for why well, we well, at least I guess it's going to make the bench deeper from the post area. Uh, well, I guess if if Gary Anderson has any troubles with his football team, Raleigh could go over and help him out. Yeah, uh, he was first team All State safety, honorable mention All State selection at quarterback. Now this is as a junior. He threw for more than thirty four hundred yards, rushed for more than two thousand yards in his career. Wow. Which you know what? Uh, in basketball terms, I love that because that shows that here's a physical guy who's not. Gonna back down, and uh, he's he'll will have a motor. He'll be out there trying to compete. So good news for Utah State. Some additions that I guess this means they can officially start coming on campus. Just hope that basketball season starts on time. Now, <laughs> of course, they're if they're still in school, you know, they their regular school season is not done yet, but. But yeah, still some some nice additions for Utah State. And we look at the roster, what that USU basketball team might look like. Uh, I think there's lots of 
reasons to still be optimistic about Utah State men's basketball. No, there is. Absolutely. Again, they, look, I've seen, I've talked to some people and I've seen some things. I'm telling you right now, Lee McChesney, Eric, is going to be extremely good. Marco Anthony, look, whether he played a lot at Virginia or not, the fact that he got recruited by Andy Bennett, or is it Randy Bennett? Randy, Randy Bennett. Uh, tells you enough, right? Marco Anthony's got a lot of skill, and he's really good with both hands going to the hoop. Uh, Sean Barstow, who has a ton of experience now, is going to be one of the leaders on this team. Brock Miller's got experience. Um, Eric Bischoff is a sharp shooter, absolutely sharp shooter. Uh, and then you get Nigel John. You get, I mean, and then if if you get Namish Keta back, you're going to be all right. Now, it's just it's someone, I think the biggest concern for me, Eric, is when you get into that situation of we need somebody to score and score now. We need somebody. We're down by nine with eight and a half minutes, nine minutes to go. Need to get somebody in rhythm, scoring, and take over this game. Sam Merrill was that guy the last two years. Now you got to find somebody else to do it. That's that's my biggest concern right now. Right. What's that? What's that scoring option that you know you can rely on when yeah. it's tight? Yeah. And I just don't know who that'd be right now. Is that is that Anthony? Does he start to do that? Or does it not? You don't need that. Maybe it's just that a combined singular effort. player. Yeah. Right? It's just just everybody ups their game collectively. Doesn't that make you appreciate Because those types of players don't always I was going to say, doesn't it your make you appreciate Sam Merrill that much more? <laughs> that coach didn't have to worry about, oh, who do we give it to? It's, you know what? Sam's got the ball. Everyone just get out of the way and let him go. Go to the corner and stand there and look busy. Justin, don't get a three seconds on the key. Great. And let Sam create however he wants to. That's, that's what's incredible about him. He's, he's going to be special. All right, we're going to take a step aside. We'll continue to uh, discuss what's going on in the sports world today. Big news today, Von Miller from the NFL. Oh, hey. and I, Testing positive for coronavirus. When we come back, we are going to sing happy birthday to somebody, Eric. Oh? Yes. You and I are going to give a chorus of a happy birthday to one of my favorite people in the world. He's in my top four. Or she. Or it. It. This Reggie? You will. Don't you dare bring Reggie into this conversation like that. You respect Reggie. He's a three-year-old for crying out loud. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Can't wait to see what that's all about. After this, uh, an update from what's going on in the NFL. We're listening to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm Kevin Kugler with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The trade that sent DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans to the Cardinals is now nearly official. Running back David Johnson tweeting that he passed his physical. The Texans received Johnson a second-round pick and a future fourth from Arizona, while also sending the Cardinals a fourth-round pick this year. 
NFL Network insider Ian Rapoport says the Atlanta Falcons are eyeing a potential trade-up from their number 16 pick in the first round of the draft. GM Thomas Dimitrov has pulled off a similar move five times since 2008. And Raiders GM Mike Mayock is as timeless as the classic film Back to the Future, which he referenced in describing the 1976-style war room in his house for the upcoming draft. Mayock is keeping it old school with five huge whiteboards featuring 1,000 magnet cards with prospects' names all over them. The 2020 NFL Draft kicks off Thursday, April 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franz and Ajay Salveson. Hey, just want to continue to pass this along, folks. We are helping out the Cash Community Food Pantry this weekend. They really need your help. The uh, demand on their services has gone way up while the number of donations have gone way down. Their two biggest food drives of the year happen in the spring, one in March, one in April. Um, or excuse me, one in March and one in early May, I believe it is. Uh, but they've both been canceled. And the the amount of food that they were hoping to get and they usually rely on during these those two food drives, the scouting for food and the letter carrier's food drive, that usually would sustain the food pantry through the summer and into the early parts of the fall when people start to uh, think more about donating to the food pantry again around the holidays. So the need is great to help them out. Uh, what we're doing is we're... we're we're encouraging you to go drop things off there. Um, now, the official time that we're talking about it, where we'll have volunteers there with gloves and masks, and they will they can take the food right out of your trunk if you want, so you don't even have to leave your vehicle. Uh, that's going to be Saturday between 8 a.m. and noon. Um, and uh, that food will be, the, the bins will be sanitized regularly as, as things are dropped off. It'll be put in a, in a secure part of the warehouse where it'll be, basically the food will be quarantined for about a week because this virus can survive on different surfaces for a little while. So they want to make sure it's quarantined before they put it into circulation. Um, and we've got a lot of great feedback in the community uh, and people wanting to help out in different ways. So that's awesome. Awesome. But if you don't feel comfortable going out and getting food or bringing it to the food pantry, but you still want to help. You can't. There's other ways you can help. You can go to their website, cashfoodpantry.com, and there's an online donation window there. You can help out and donate that, that through their, their website. But they've also just recently set up a Venmo account. It is at cash-pantry. Again, that's the at sign cash, like C-A-C-H-E, dash pantry. And you can make a financial contribution there. Ajay, I, I heard a preliminary report on how that's going so far, and it is awesome. Thank you, thank you for those people who are donating to this cause. The other thing, too, to, to remember is that the cash food pantry, if you make a financial donation, the money that they have can go a lot further than if you or I were to go to the store to buy food mm. because they can get it at cost. Uh, the, the, the grocery stores, 
are awesome with how they make arrangements to get food to the food pantry to help people in need. The other thing too, Jay, the report today, um, there was again like over 24,000 Utahns that filed for unemployment in the last week. It's crazy. So there's definitely a need. Um, people that are, are requesting services that they never thought that they would need the help. So uh, help out if you can. Again, this Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon, volunteers will be there helping you, uh, getting things out of your vehicle or accepting the donations that are brought in. And uh, do what you can to help out the Cash Community Food Pantry or make a financial uh, contribution through Venmo at cash-pantry. Um, so anyway, really appreciate all the, the great things that are happening in our community to help out in different ways. Uh, Ajay, the Jordan Love has um, been highlighted in a lot of different ways, as we've talked about. Uh, Panini America, they make trading cards, and they, um, they've helped him produce uh, a video. It's called Road to the Rated Rookie. And uh, here's some of the things from, from Jordan Love, some of his comments, because we haven't really heard him speak out much lately. We're hearing a lot of draft analysts talk about him, but we haven't heard much from him. Another voice that you will hear is his quarterback's coach, who's been close to him since he was in high school. But here's some comments from Jordan Love about preparing for the draft and getting ready for the NFL. Get ready to start hearing the name over the next 10 days, Jordan Love, a lot. Okay, again, like I say, get ready to hear his name because he is the most polarizing quarterback prospect in this year's draft class by far. You know, I come from a smaller school, Utah State. Um, it's not, you know, the Alabamas and the Ohio States out there. So uh, not everybody, you know, might know me, um, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to showcase my abilities, show these coaches what I'm about. And at the end of the day, I'm a ball player. That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to go win games when I get to that team. I'm a calm person in general. It's never too high, never too low in your moment. My father was super like that, just super calm no matter what the situation was. Um, so I definitely get that from him. Uh, we got to put in a lot of work to get here. Um, and I know, you know, it's, this is just the beginning. I'm going to have to keep putting in work. I've learned a lot so far, you know, just on how much work I'm going to actually have to put in. This is huge, you know, working with Panini um, and getting this deal, you know, cars and signing autographs and different things like that. I had a lot of, you know, guys I looked up to just playing the game, you know, quarterbacks in general, Brett Favre, Mike Vick, um, you know, Tom Brady, dudes like that. You know, I watched them growing up knowing that, you know, uh, I'm going to be that guy on the card now that the kids are going to be able to look up to me, um, you know, get my cards and whatnot. It's, it's going to mean a lot to me. I was definitely looking forward to the job. Hey. You know, I mean, Jordan, you know, potentially going in the first round. So I was really excited to see that process and, you know, hear his name being called and giving him a hug in the green room Man. and put the hat on like this. Yeah. But, uh, All that. yeah, <laughs> we're still going to do that just at somebody's house. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be one of the biggest days of my life, you know, um, just hearing my name called um, no matter what team I go to, no matter what round I go to. Um, I'm just that's a dream come true getting drafted. There it is. That's Jordan Love. This was produced by Panini America called Rated Rookie. Talking about their uh, their trading cards they have, but uh, yeah, it's fun. 
to see Jordan Love. That's a really that good idea. Steve Calhoun was the is a quarterbacks coach whom you heard there uh, in part of that clip as well. You should like when we we might have to make a segment out of it too. But we go get a pack of cards every day, or maybe I go buy a like a big box of football cards, and every day we open it up after Jordan Love gets drafted and see who gets the Jordan Love football card. <laughs> I'm serious. Man, that would be a gold one to get. Oh, my heck, I'd be so thrilled. Cool stuff. Exciting to see Jordan it Love talk about It is, man. Like you know, and it's – look, Jordan's not a guy who goes out and just tries to, you know, selfishly throw his name out there for everybody to hear. He just wants to play the game of football. He loves it just as much as anybody else does. And my gosh, he's good at it. I'm excited to see what his future holds next week. When that draft, to hear his name come out, whoever it is too. Um, he's he's definitely got the support of Aggie Nation, no doubt. No question. All right, another step aside here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, AJ singing a birthday song? Yes. Uh, we'll see if we to can one of it. our favorite people, by the way. All right, uh, stick maybe stick around. Your choice. Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Thursday. Hey, 5338, I want to know why you hate me so much. Time for the full court press to furlough me? Why? First you want Abner to replace me, then you want AJ Knight to replace me, and now you just want me to be laid off. <laughs> Come on, man. I can't be the worst of this business. Where's the R-E-S-P-E-S-E-C-T-S-T? Where is it? <laughs> I think there's a few extra letters in there. <laughs> All right, so whose birthday is it? It is, Eric, it is Bill Belichick's birthday. And you know what it always falls on? Oh, the day they drafted Tom Brady. His greatest present was Tom Brady. What a day. What a great day to celebrate. Tom Brady being drafted from the Patriots 20 years ago today. 20 years ago. 20 years. 199th pick in the draft. Went through uh, five different garbage quarterbacks who should have never even touched a football in their life. It's crazy to think that there are university students whose entire lifetime Tom Brady has been a quarterback with the New England Patriots. That's nuts, huh? And the fact that, like, I think, you know, it's one of those things where people kind of kept passing up on Tom Brady. And then finally Bill Belichick's like, look, dude, he's the last guy we have on our board that we thought about looking at. You know, let's, let's just take him while we have him. 199th pick, man. And, he, and what, he's got three NFL MVPs, six Super Bowl rings, 200 and I don't know however many touchdowns he has. Like, it's unreal. And uh, I was actually looking through uh, an old scouting report by Mel Kuyper, and he was actually kind of positive when he came out of the draft. Really positive. Excuse me, really positive. And it's just, it's funny to see those things. And and Tom Brady was a baller. Absolute baller. I, that guy was so impressive. And then, I mean, but, but again, for Bill Belichick, to be the guy that drafted him. And then the argument comes 20 years later is, who needed who more? Did Batman need Robin or did Robin need Batman? Did Bill Belichick need Tom Brady or did Tom Brady need Belichick? Well, unfortunately for us Patriot fans, we're going to find out. Robin always needed Batman. 
Batman never needed Robin. No, we never knew. We never knew if Robin needed Batman. Robin would be nothing had without How do you Batman. know that? Batman was out doing things before Robin really yeah, came out. Yeah, but along. when Robin tried to go out. Anyways, uh, Eric, I think it is time to sing happy birthday to Bill Belichick. Here we no, go. Please no. Here we go. I think it's a bad idea. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. As plans are starting to develop to open up sports, leagues are facing the very real possibility of competing without fans. There are so many factors to consider. Public safety, the financial impact, the logistics. But something that's harder to quantify is the bond between the fans and the competitors. That adrenaline rush you get from hearing the roar of the crowd, the rituals of tailgating, the sense of community you get from rallying for your home team. I'm sure the stronger leagues can make this work financially. Television money has changed the way many sports are organized. Most of industry should be able to survive without ticket revenue. As fans, we're hungry to watch real games, but something will be lost during this strange and unprecedented time. It will be difficult to see and hear sports without a crowd. It will be something fans won't forget. Hopefully it will only be a brief period and soon we'll be safely rooting for our favorite teams in person. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.